0: How's it going? Uh, Could be better. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Last week, loss of Jesse Owens at Lawrenceburg. Uh, In fact, we're going to take a moment of silence to start off the show today uh, in memory of him and, uh, you know, condolences to all his family and friends out there. All right. So that uh obviously Keith, were you at that were you at that race last week? Um had
1: plans on going and then I just ended up watching it on my yeah. TV and it's one of them ones where it just it sticks with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it they're, those things are never easy to see. i I heard about it. I have not watched it. Um i I, I don't want to watch it. It's just uh, it's one of those things that, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it sucks.'
1: I it's mean, horrible that I think what makes it worse is with me being on the fire department here locally, I have all them fancy apps on my phone to where I could see what. So like if there's an app on my phone for where, our local dispatch can update the CAD report and I could see things. And after they went to commercial break, it's usually a dead giveaway that something serious is happening. Yeah. And then my phone started going berserk and I was like, Oh God. And they called in the medical helicopter and it just, it went downhill from there. And I, I want to give my condolences to the Owen family and, and not only just the Owen family, but the track workers, the first responders that were there, it, it's never a good thing. It's never something that you would want to be a part of. And I think the last death at Lawrenceburg Speedway was in the sixties. So it yeah. just, it's one of them things that did like everybody that races knows what you get yourself into the dangers of the sport. But we, I, I, think we take it for granted till it really happens, and it.
0: Oh, I know without a doubt, we,
1: without a doubt. Yeah, like I'm in a big group chat with a uh, couple guys that race sprint cars, a couple that don't, and and it really hit all of us pretty hard. Like it, it was a big gut shot because I mean it just,
0: it sucks. It really yeah, sucks. It does. It does suck. I remember I had a friend who died. Oh man, it's probably ten years ago now. Maybe even a, a little bit longer. Uh, he uh, and he wasn't. He wasn't even on the track racing. They were popping a bead on the tire on the re- on the right rear, and the rim was cracked. He didn't know it, and the center no. of the wheel blew out and hit him. While was just standing there talking and you know it's just it's one of those things that's it's horrible it's a freak accident and yeah it's it's freak accidents sure. whether it's a whether it's a wreck or something like that and it just it sucks you like us like i said we all take it for granted we never think about it you know what i mean you no. never think about that stuff no. at all so yeah it's tough man it's horrible when i heard the news so yeah condolences to everybody out there um yeah it's I, just uh, it's a bummer man absolute bummer I
1: think if you walked into my kitchen, into my living room, cause it, there's a doorway separating them. You can see my trail from where I was pacing. It just, I don't yeah. know. For some reason it, it hit me really hard. Um, I got pretty emotional at first and then it, it set in the back of my mind, like, damn, it, we really do take this sport for granted. And then it just rears its ugly ears up and it, it hits you where it hurts the most. And yep. and you never. And he was a local guy. He was from this area. And I, I think that's what made it hurt even more. Yeah,
0: that is. that's, that's a, That and, type of stuff is tough. And 26 years old, it just. Too young. Too young oh, to go. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: I was getting it ready is. to get married in October. It just. Yeah, that's. That uh, it sucks. It sucks, man. So, yeah, so prayers so yeah. out to the family for sure.
0: Definitely. But. Uh, Moving on, hopefully, to a more cheerful topic, Uh, a bunch of stuff on the show today. We're going to be doing our NASCAR driver stock game. Uh, We were going to roll that out last week. Uh, Apologies for missing last week. Last week, I woke up literally on the day of the podcast. Um, The hot water heater had gone out. Uh, The washing machine had broke. This all happened literally the the same day, within an hour of each other and uh so yeah i had to i had to get all that fixed um i couldn't have my wife and kids because although this week you know out here in northern california it's been in the upper 70s last week it was like 50 degrees so <laughs> couldn't have them taking freezing cold showers um with with the uh, with no hot water so i had, had to get that stuff fixed and um luckily i did uh thank goodness so so yeah that was why we had no pod last week so but we're back this week uh, like I said, a bunch of stuff to cover, NASCAR stock game. We got a really interesting Ask 3 Wide uh, question that we're going to wrap the show up with today that me and Keith were talking about a little bit before the show, and I think it's going to be a pretty interesting conversation. And then we've got hit or miss. We've only got two hit or miss today um, because the the NASCAR driver stock game is going to take up a, a bit of time. But before we get into that, I want to talk about a... A topic that's been going around and has been um you know had some you know comments on twitter and people obviously people chiming in a lot of stuff that has been said about it and with all the talks about charters and you know the the rta race team alliance and what we're gonna you know what the teams are going to be doing moving forward and the new tv deal and all this stuff that's in the air One of the things that has been weighing really heavily on this conversation, and it's basically just a black cloud that's been following this conversation around, if you've been paying attention, is the viewership numbers in NASCAR, which have gone down considerably this year. If you look at the ratings for 2023 right now, the the NASCAR Cup Series ratings, okay, so this is not Xfinity, this is not the trucks or anything else, this is just the Cup race, all right? If you look at the Bush Clash, uh, that race, okay, is the second most watched non-points race since 2016. Now, in terms of non-point races, we have, what, like three of them? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's right in the middle. Uh, but compared to last year, it's down 14.8% okay we had that 3.6 million viewers this year the daytona 500 all right was at 8.1 million viewers and it was down 7.7 percent race at auto club was down 5.6 percent. vegas was down 12.2 phoenix down 15.1 atlanta was down 14.5 these are all percentages based on what they were last year Coda down 16.1. Richmond was down 48.1. But this, there's a a little bit of an asterisk to this. Basically, 2022, Richmond was on the big Fox channel, right? The main Fox racing or the main Fox channel. This year, it was on FS1 and if you look at it compared to the first race on ffs1 last season it was down only 11.9 it's still down double digits okay so it's still drastic drop and then bristol dirt was down almost 14 percent. it was at 13.9 now these are massive drops in viewership but there is some stuff that goes with this as as always context is really king and we live in this headline society that we love to just post a headline and then nobody reads the rest of the of the article right we, this happens all the time right you see it all the time and the world that we live in with the internet and you know social media and all stuff like that you have to do that because these these places they're trying to get clicks they're trying to get you to come look at it and at the end of the day if all you do is click on the headline and go to the page and you don't even read the article you just read the headline maybe the first sentence or two they're fine with that they don't care because they've made their money right they've got the ads there you click on it you go boom you've got they've got the click they've got their ad revenue and you can be on your merry way they don't care if you read it so when we look at this right like i said the context really matters First of all, viewership in all sports, when you look at it, is down, okay? Because people are not watching television anymore. Network television is dying. So for us to look at this and think like, oh my goodness, NASCAR is dying. Well, not really, okay? Network television is dying. What NASCAR needs to do is NASCAR needs to rethink their metrics. If they're going to be going into negotiations... Okay, for the whole media rights, they need to be, they need to really start rethinking how they measure this stuff. You cannot use television. You just can't use television ratings. Television ratings have basically been worthless for the last 10 years. They really have been, right? Unless it's something like the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. They really don't. Because the vast majority of your viewers, right? The people who are going to follow the sport, are not watching it on television. you guys, I don't watch I don't watch these races on television. I haven't watched them on a network channel in forever. I stream it, I watch the clips, I watch a I'll go to YouTube and I'll watch the entire race on YouTube. That's how I will consume the NASCAR race. okay? So you cannot say that, hey man, this viewership's down on Fox because who cares who's watching Fox? All right? Another reason why people are not going to watch it on Fox is when you are spending 25% of the time running commercials, nobody wants to see that. All right. Now there's been a really dumb argument that's been made by people once again, right? Ignorant F1 fans who don't know what the hell they're talking about, who are also NASCAR fans where they come out and they say, well, F1, there's no commercials. NASCAR needs to do that. F1 is on its own network. It's on its own thing, right? If you want NASCAR to be like F1, where they've got no commercials, then NASCAR can go out, form their own thing like Formula One has, where you subscribe to it for 50 bucks a month or whatever the hell it is, and you can have zero ads, okay? Unless you want to do that, shut up, all right? Because here's the thing, when viewership goes down, these networks still have to make their money. They've already guaranteed what they're going to be paying NASCAR for these rights. If the viewership is going down, they have to do what to make up that money? They have to increase the number of ads they're showing. That's just, it's supply and demand, people. It's basic economics. You should have learned this in high school. Unfortunately, most public educations are crap, at least the ones that I've had experience with. So most people don't understand this, but that's the reason why they're doing that. All right. And those of you who got mad at Mike Joy for calling everybody for calling out the keyboard warriors, I think that's awesome. If that offends you, you're an idiot. Okay. Just you
1: get thicker skin.
0: Yeah, you and your delicate <laughs> sensibilities. That means you're one of those keyboard warriors and you need to shut your mouth. All right. But I thought it was awesome. But Anyways, so moving forward, NASCAR really needs to rethink how they're looking at these metrics. You cannot use TV viewership. And if they go into a negotiation with a Fox or an NBC or a whoever, and this is what they're bringing bring to the table, I'm telling you right now, their media rights, is it's not going to be what they're hoping. Where The discussion of the revenue split is going to be very, very disappointing for a lot of the teams because – the money's not going to be there. It's just not. NASCAR really needs to rethink how they present their product to the world, right? Especially here in the US. But they've got to rethink it. Why is it that I can literally scroll through social media feeds and I can find a ton of F1 clips and F1 highlights and I don't see any from NASCAR? When I search NASCAR more than F1, these algorithms know what I look for. My, It was funny, my wife... Was just saying to me a couple days ago, she's on her phone and she's scrolling through YouTube and she's like, I don't know why it keeps showing me all these videos. They're all the same thing. I go, Well, that's because that's what you search. You search that stuff. YouTube's not stupid. They go out and search kittens for a week. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to be, sh- every time you hop on, your thing's going to be filled with kitten videos. It happens every time my son watches my phone. I hop onto YouTube, and now I got a bunch of these stupid videos of these YouTubers who do the dumbest shit, right? Because that's what my son's been watching. So they're going to give you what you watch. But for some reason, I look up NASCAR stuff, and I hardly get any clips. I hardly get anything with it. And the stuff that I do get is so low in quality when you look at it compared to World of Outlaws, right? The World of Outlaws clips... And highlights are better than the nascar ones okay folks the world of outlaws is the premier dirt series but it's not nascar there that should never happen that would be like me saying that the formula three clips are better than the f1 clips okay that should never happen f1 i watch their clips they're in full hd 2k 50 fps right or frames per second which in racing you should not be watching it at 24 frames per second it's that that is what we watch movies at the theaters in right when you watch something like racing you want to see it in a higher fps because it makes it a far more smooth and enjoyable experience it really does go to youtube and watch a video right do a video comparison watch one video on 24 fps and another one on 50 fps the change you'll the note that the change that you will notice is drastic it really is in terms of NASCAR they need to be doing more of this stuff okay they need to be going out and finding some the top content creators and being like dude get our stuff out there and in front of people because this is the way that we consume things now all right it just is OK, you look at my myself, for example, I work 16 hours a day, six days a week at minimum. Most of the time, seven days a week. I don't have time to just sit down and watch a three and a half hour race. I consume the races on my phone while I'm working or at my desk and I'm watching them, you know, that way, which is what a lot of people do. People are very, very busy now. They're always on their phones. They're not sitting in front of their television watching NBC or Fox Sports One. They're just not. So if NASCAR does not rethink how they deliver this product, we don't need to be worrying about what's going to happen in 2032. We need to be worrying about what's going to happen in 2024 because it is going to die, not a slow death, but a very quick death. You cannot just keep this on these dying networks that nobody watches. Keith, when was the last time? I mean, do you have cable? Do you have cable? Yeah. Yeah. How 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 much television, like actual television, do you watch? Uh not very much. I bet we watch like three channels. Exactly. Exactly. I to be I have I have not had cable in years and the last time i had cable the only reason i had it and i had it was the basic the absolute bare minimum basic package and the only reason i had it was because it gave me a 25% discount on my internet for the first that's year that's why i have it that's exactly <laughs> it that's the only reason i've got it and that's the only reason they can get people to sign up for it who are over or who are um under the age of 50 right anybody who's sitting down watching Television, I would bet you dollars to pesos are over fifty years old. Guarantee it. Yeah, I can guarantee it. Yeah. Okay, so you can't keep You cannot say that you want to start targeting a younger audience and, and not go after where that audience is. It makes no and to, sense. And to piggyback off of what you're saying,
1: and here's my issue with cable nowadays like ESPN in order to watch ESPN you got to get a subscription to the sports package to watch fucking ESPN. Yes. Yep. I mean how stupid is that? Yep. Like the weather channel you got to get a package to watch the
0: weather channel.
1: I mean mm-hmm. what? TVs a joke anymore.
0: It it is. It, it it's is. A big money scam, really. It is. And you know the whole cut the cord thing in the beginning was a massive cost savings um now when you look at it because there's so much a la carte out there can be way more expensive than a cable package. But here's the problem with the cable package, right? You go and you spend hundreds of dollars on a cable package, and a lot of it is worthless, right? And that's because a lot of these networks are in these packages where you're getting them and you don't want them folks i don't want cnn i don't want msnbc if i buy a sports package i don't want right uncle harry's sports network on channel 227 i don't want that okay so you have these big bloated packages on cable which is why people went to the whole cut and the cord thing and the thing is is now there's so much all la card out there that if you want to get access to everything, well what do you need? Well you need Hulu, you need Hulu Live, you need YouTube, you need Netflix, you need Paramount Plus, you need HBO, right? There's a dozen of them. And it has become as expensive if not more expensive than those it's packages. A joke. It that really has.
1: It's a big joke. Like, it really has. Like the weather channel for instance. I'm a severe weather nerd. I'm a freak when it comes to that. I I love it. I don't know why. I think it's the adrenaline rush that I get from it. (laughs) But you can't even watch stuff like that on the Weather Channel anymore. It's all these reality TV shows now. It's like, what in the
0: hell? Yep. MTV broke television, right? Remember, it yep. used to be music television. You watched music videos on there. And then they started doing all these shows, and everybody has done this. Now, every single network out there has got a <laughs> ridiculous freaking travel show or, or can, re- reality show. It's stupid.
1: We can really show our age real quick. You remember getting ready for school in the mornings, watching music videos on MTV? Yes, <laughs> hell yes. Like they do that anymore? Yeah. Like you could switch between MTV and uh, CMT. Yep. And, and there was MTV, started...
0: CMT, and VH1.
1: Yep. That was it. And then and then it started going to these reality TV shows, mm-hmm. and it just took over the. Yep. It took over everything.
0: Yep. But to bring it back to that, right? Showing our age. When I watched NASCAR as a kid, it was on. TNN, the Nashville network. Right. Think about that. Yeah. The Nashville network. All right. Or TBS, right? That's what it was on. When NASCAR went to Fox and NBC, that was huge. Unfortunately, when that happened, that was also the beginning of the end of cable television. All right. That was really when we started to see the the That's when all this stuff started really popping up. All right. Where you started seeing these, you know, I remember that was like Netflix, right? Where you could get any movie or game that you wanted and they would just deliver it to your door. That was unheard of. And it wasn't very long after that you started getting all the streaming stuff. I mean, I've been on Roku for the last 12 years, right? Like that is how I have consumed my television.
1: and And if i want to
0: watch live tv i will get sling or hulu live i'm not going to comcast or xfinity whatever the hell it's called now
1: and then to piggyback off the the fox stuff it ruined speed tv yes completely ruined it like that was my favorite channel yep i'm not a big mav
0: tv guy i don't i don't Mav tv sucks i mean it
1: Let's There's no other way the only to show it. it the only time I got it was the Chili Bowl till yes. Racing came around. But Speed TV was the shit. Like yep. if you wanted any type of motorsports, Dave Despain, mm-hmm. um the better version of NASCAR Race Hub. Yep. It was on Speed TV. And then Fox yep. took over the the TV stuff with NASCAR and it just it turned into what it is now. Fox Sports One and it's nothing about racing. At all, other than your couple shows a week.
0: Yep. So, yeah, NASCAR's got some really big issues on their hand. And if they don't get this figured out and if they don't rethink the way that they present this stuff, it's going to be a very, very difficult negotiation for them. I think NASCAR needs to they I think they need to go purely streaming and, and simplify it. I really do sell the rights to youtube or something i don't care i will gladly pay youtube if i know i can find it there every single week that's the thing right sometimes it's on fs1 sometimes it's on fox but the post show is on peacock what the hell is that right like I, that makes zero sense so stop scattering this stuff to the four corners of the earth get it somewhere where it can actually be associated with it people know where to find it Right when you are comparing, think about that. When you are comparing a race, right, like Richmond, which was down forty-one percent versus last year, and the big arguing factor is, well, last year it was on Fox, the main network, and this year it's on FS1. So what? So what? Thirty percent of the people couldn't find it. They don't, They didn't have FS1. They just don't know how. To, they don't know where it is on their on their their TV guide. Like, what? What's the deal? How is it? How is that that big of a drop off?
1: I'm I'm almost curious to know if with the uh, NFL taking the NFL Sunday ticket to YouTube will change any of this. I hope it does. I hope it does, too, because here here's my thinking. it's probably just because I'm old school. I liked watching the pre-race show on the same channel of the race.
0: Well, that's where and, it should be.
1: And then the race not being or the TV broadcast not being cut short because oh we got to go to Aunt Nancy's yeah. Golden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just stupid. Like I like watching the pre-race and post-race because that's when that's when you see all the good stuff, like the good fights, the, if there is fights, or or more in-depth interviews with the top 5. Hell, you're lucky to get the top 3 anymore. Yep. And that's and if then you, you can't go
0: find the interviews anywhere. Exactly. And if you look at the difference between something like a MBA or an NFL versus NASCAR, and keep in mind, I understand NASCAR will never be those sports. I get that. But once again, we talk about people investing in the characters, right? The drivers. You don't see these drivers like you used to see them. You just don't. You don't. We live in a world now where I can literally follow any of these drivers on their social media, and I can see what they're doing at home, right? I could be like, "Oh, damn, Dane Blaney built a new shed in his backyard," right? Like, I can, I can, I can follow that stuff, right? But people aren't doing it because they're not investing in it. Because if you don't have a desire to do it, you have to open the door for people. People are not just going to go do it. It does not matter how available they are. If you don't get that attraction going first, they're not going. They're not watching. F1, right? Go online. Just go to YouTube and type in F1. That's it. Two strokes of the keyboard. F1. And you will be amazed at all of the the in-depth interviews, the race coverage, the pre-race, all of it. All of it can be found on YouTube. You cannot do that on NASCAR.
1: I'm not an F1 fan. I mean, it, that's not my style of racing, but I can do a quick YouTube search and find anything and everything
0: that I want to know about a certain About race. F1? Yeah. Can you find that on NASCAR? Can you find Absolutely that not. on the next-gen car? Right? You'll when was the and, last time you saw an in-depth breakdown of the suspension on the next-gen cars? I mean, you don't. You don't. Not like they used to. Like, no. remember
1: the cutaway car or mm-hmm. when they had the car modeling whether yep. it was in the studio or not, and they were yep. like, Well, here's the brake ducts. This is yep. what it looks like, yep. or this is what the drivetrain looks like. Yep. Like, so, I would love to see a breakdown
0: of what the underbody of these cup cars look like. Me too. Right, I can go and, and get that see, anywhere. yes, I can go and I can watch a video that breaks down the intricate differences between a push rod system and a pull rod system on an F1 car, who runs what and what the pros and cons are of each and why those teams chose it and how they package it and everything. I am a nerd for that stuff, right? I, I really am. I'm an absolute geek for that stuff, but I can go see that if I want to see that. The The content now- that I want to consume is out there. I can't get that for NASCAR. I
1: can't. Now, I, I will say NBC does do a little bit of a better job of having car breakdowns with Steve LaTarte.
0: Yes, but that but the thing is, is that's, that's during the, the race, yeah. but it's during the yeah. race. I can't yeah. get that anywhere else. Right. No, Are those clips secret. of Steve LaTarte out there on YouTube. I got to go freaking hunting for them.
1: Yeah. And you'll you'll find them on these rip off YouTube accounts.
0: Yes, it's people. They're not it's it's not even the damn NASCAR YouTube channel. It's a <laughs> Yeah, freaking, that's the problem. It's some guy who recorded it off his television and then put it on his own channel. So yep. it, it's just maddening because well, it, it feels like NASCAR is getting left behind on this stuff and it it really matters. It makes a difference because if they don't stay with the times, it's going to kill the sport. It, it, yep. Cutting costs is not going to matter if none of the teams have any money. You know what and I mean? And- and here's a good example: the Ryan Priest stuff from
1: Coda. Yep. What a better time to get an interview from somebody mm-hmm. than there? Instead, you got Joe Baloney's freaking YouTube channel <laughs> posting
0: an interview from God knows who. Yep.
1: That's like what the fuck.
0: Yep. So, yeah, it's just uh, this. I, I saw uh, what's his name? Moody. Is it Dave Moody? On PRN. Yeah. yeah I saw his his tweets that he had put out about the viewership and that it's you know gone down um obviously like i said there's a, there's context that needs to be provided with it but when you look at it as a whole and with all the stuff that has been talked about with the charter system and the rta and this new deal and what the splits are going to be if they don't figure out a way to repackage this and and show it in a different light and present go down it down in a much better sore. way yeah, man. If NASCAR just signs some ridiculous TV deal with Fox or NBC, I, it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough because take it back to ESPN, d- dude. I don't <laughs> bring care. back Thursday Night Thunder. Do something other than what you're doing because right now it's not working. Go out, find a couple of online copywriters or 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 content creators or marketers, and tell them, dude, I need to get this out in front of people. Right? They don't cost that much for what. What you bring in and it would drastically help improve your sport people don't want to sit down and watch a three and a half hour race feed them clips feed them something that's going to hook them and get them to come view because here's the deal like i said unless they are diehards they're not watching a three and a half hour race so you've got to figure out a way to attract them in a much quicker simpler form otherwise you're going to die hey and i and i think it starts with not racing on easter sunday yes what are you doing Look how
1: empty. Like I get it. Bristol's huge. You can fit a lot of people in Bristol, but it was fucking empty. Yep. At least I thought so.
0: Well, dude, I love NASCAR, okay? I I watched it like we have talked about this before. I loved it. It was my favorite sport. There was nothing that I, I wanted to do more than work I mean, I grew in up racing. On it.
1: Yes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and I stopped watching it because it became it it turned into Amoquerant. it turned into yes what was not the NASCAR that I that I loved, right? And I've gotten back into it these last few years with the changes that have been made and the, the you know, the this new car and the racing has been better, but there's still a lot of stuff that needs to to be improved upon and we need to I say we. I'm not obviously that people in NASCAR wouldn't know I me. If they tripped over we. me in the street. Yeah, <laughs> but but the, the, stop with the novelty bullshit, right? What what are we doing? I get it. We NASCAR's got a diverse schedule. That's awesome. But can we stick to what we know, please? About that, you know, one of the things I tell my my son all the time, and it's because it's probably been the most valuable thing that I've learned in my life when it comes to a pro- professional aspect. You can be mediocre or average at a bunch of things, right? But at the end of the day, you're just mediocre or or average at those things. Don't be that. Be great at one or two things, right? Really stand out. Be awesome at one or two things, right? Showcase what it is that you do best and do those things. You want to have road courses. You want to have, you know different configured short tracks. I get it. I don't want a bunch of cookie cutter mile and a halfs neither. I don't want that. But I also don't want it to become a bullshit mockery, right, where it's a bunch of novelty races because we don't need that. And at the end of the day, if you're trying to keep this thing going and build upon the success that was last year which it was a success you really need to take a, a long hard look at what it is you are presenting how you are presenting it and what you're going to do moving forward because we nascar's got some momentum and they really need to pounce on it and keep it going otherwise we're gonna see it fizzle out like it did in the early 2000s and i really don't want to see that happen Today's episode is brought to you by Produxa. Look, you guys, when it comes to protecting and adding a mirror-like shine to your surfaces, you pretty much have two options. You can go with one of those low, you know, quality products out there, uh, you know, do the old school like my parents used to do, use the old dish soap to wash your car, or you can go with Produxa. You guys, I've personally use this stuff and it works incredible man whether it's their ceramic coating their wash their tire shine and it not only looks great but it's super easy to use i mean my 10 year old son was helping me use this stuff and we used it on my daughter's car and the car literally looked new and my daughter's 17 so you can imagine that the car did not look new before We washed it. So, if you want to actually give your car a mirror like shine while in the process protecting it, head over to Produxa.com or the link down in the description below and check out their full line of products today. I can promise you, you will love them. All right, Keith. So, now that we got that stuff out of the way, let's uh, dive into Hit or Miss. Now, we've only got two topics for Hit or Miss this week. Um, the reason for that is, is after hit or miss, we're going to be doing our NASCAR driver stock game. Plus we got our NASCAR pick them and, uh, those are going to take some time. So, um, first up Kyle Larson was 100% correct when he said that NASCAR should not race on dirt, hit or miss the mark.
1: I think this year it misses the mark really Yep. please tell I, me more i i thought the racing was actually pretty good better than what it has been and that goes a long way with the uh track prep this year was better 10 times better um now that being said i would like to see them go to an actual dirt track like don't let's not put dirt on Bristol anymore let's go to an Eldora a Knoxville Oswego one of these other dirt tracks that is a purpose-built dirt track then let's take the underbodies off the cars and run them because here's the thing or even shorten the race too. do it like the the freaking uh the dream run a hundred laps don't run a whole field run heat races, run a B main. If you're going to run a dirt race, do it, do it right. Yeah, I, I, I truly think the racing this year was, was better, was way better.
0: I think the racing was better also. um, I just, I don't think these cars should be on dirt. I just, I don't man. I don't like it. I, I've never been a big fan of it. it. It I'm reminds
1: just... me of a little bit of a, a street stock style to a sense but here here's my other opinion if 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 they're going to continue racing on dirt i would love to see them getting actual dirt cars bring the prelude back
0: well and, i would rather see them do something
1: like that too make this the all-star race instead of a points race make it the all-star race now does that mean you gotta rebuild that bridge back with tony did to, to go back to eldora if that's what it takes do it because i'm I'm 100% certain that Eldora would sell out if the Prelude went back. It probably would cuz I mean it was selling out back in the day.
0: Yeah, it probably would. I but yeah, you can't make it a points race. I just I don't think that but I don't I think wouldn't. NASCAR has any business holding points races on dirt. I just don't. You know, it's not the, what Bristol dirt reminds me of now is what road course racing used to be when I was a kid, right? There was two on the schedule. You had Sears Point and Watkins Glen, all right? And all you needed to do as a driver was survive those races. That's what the dirt race is now. We've got a handful of guys that we know are going to be competitive. Everybody else is just trying to survive the damn things. Now that you say that,
1: and, and if you pay attention to the results, Kevin Harvick rode around 27th,
0: 30th, finished top 10. You know, so if you're going to, if you want to keep them on dirt, then you need to, if you want it to actually be something other than this single race novelty, they need to run more dirt races. And I really don't want to see that. I don't think, I don't think they need to be on dirt at all. Here's my opinion on it. What, what if, what if they did this,
1: they have their pavement schedule, like, like the dirt silver crown series, you got your pavement schedule let's say they add 3 dirt races. Now I'm not saying they're going to, so nobody come fucking attack me later. Not not saying that they're going to. But say they do add 3 races and they say, "Look, alter the car to make it work on dirt." Would you be in
0: then? I'd be interested. Um, I don't know, man. I I might. I just I would
1: rather see the Gen 6 cars on dirt personally.
0: I'm uh, not me I don't want to, I, I don't ever want to see them I mean I don't ever want to see it either but <laughs> no but. I just I, to me I I don't know man I just I don't I don't I don't know I'm just Guess not I'm a fan more, of it I'm just not a fan one, of it
1: I'm more of a fan of the trucks personally
0: see the trucks I'm fine with they're trucks right like I get that Trucks I think, and dirt kind of go hand in hand I think,
1: though, if you're going to do the trucks on dirt, take them back to fucking Eldora. Yeah, I don't think Bristol
0: should be dirt, man.
1: I just No, I, I don't. don't either. I think the track's just too big. It it's is too, too big. fast. And I know now I'm going to get beat up. Well, you're a sprint car guy. It's too fast for freaking sprint cars.
0: Yeah, I I, but, you know the, the whole Bristol dirt nationals on stuff like that. Like, you, it's cool that everybody shows up and it's this big deal. But the racing there, I'm, they've got to go to a dirt track where You have multiple lanes.
1: Yeah. I I I get it. You can see some dirt races where it's single file either around the top or the bottom. Yeah,
0: that's gonna happen regardless. That that will
1: yeah. But if you go to say, once again, I'm gonna throw Eldora back out there, I think the truck races there each year
0: were phenomenal. Yes. They were they were good. They were good races. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm fifty-fifty.
1: I'm fifty-fifty for now. I, I would, I'd like to see it go away, on the cup side. But then again, there's another half of me like, if they do do a dirt race next year, where where would they go? I would be enticed to see that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just hope but it's I would,
1: I'd, I'd, I would like to see the underbodies taken off the car. I'd like to see the diffusers completely gone. I know they were gone this time. Take the front windshields out of the damn things. If we're gonna run dirt, run dirt. Yeah. I just, yeah.
0: Neither, I, I, don't, ugh, I don't know.
1: Just get I'm the dirt 50-50. off Bristol. I'm going to stay 50-50, and I agree with that. Yeah. Bring the freaking concrete
0: back. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Next one. So after Richmond, which we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, Richmond was actually a phenomenal actually race. Yeah, it was a really good race. <laughs> This week's race at Martinsville Martinsville will be drastically better than both of the Martinsville races in 2022. Hit or miss the mark?
1: I think it's got to miss the mark till I see it. Yeah. Because if it's anything like last year. Yeah.
0: The problem, I think, is going to be the shifting. The shifting is going to be interesting yeah. to see because of the RPM cap. Now I will say this, they were shifting at Richmond and Richmond was a, was a pretty good race. Now, Richmond is obviously a much faster track than Martinsville, right? So that is a track where that, that reduction in downforce and drag are going to have more of an effect than Martinsville, Martinsville. You're not really going into Martinsville being like, damn, we got to get our arrow package right this way, right? Like you, you don't have to have that if anything
1: I i could see it uh, in an old classic martinsville race, but I mean I kind of gotta see it to believe it at this point that i'm it's with gonna you be a good race um i just i don't know I'm not a big fan of shifting Bring no. h pattern shifters back
0: uh they've gotta they've gotta they've gotta figure out a way to 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 fix that um whether it well, is i it's... mean we've talked about how you yeah. can fix yeah they've got to figure out a well, way they... to fix that if they'd listen to us they they'd know that by now but yeah well unfortunately <laughs> they're not going to listen to us <laughs> at least anytime soon so yeah i mean they've got to do something with it um whether it is you know they're obviously going switching from sequential shifting to h pattern h pattern shifting um is not as um, it's, it's much easier yeah. said than done but it would be nice if they could come up with a fix that was simple and cost effective the problem is is that the way that these cars were built and the way that these parts are being manufactured you know it's it's difficult to do you can't just have those changes so yeah until they can figure out the shifting aspect of it i'm with you um i got to kind of see it to believe it i'm hoping that martinsville's going to be decent you know that it's not going to be boring but
1: I hope it's good. I like Martinsville, and it, it severely pissed me off last year because it wasn't good at all.
0: Yeah, the best part about Martinsville last year was, was the, the Hail Melon line. by Ross Chastain. I yeah. Guess. yeah. You so, can't even do that now. Can't do it anymore. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens. But hopefully, hopefully it'll be a good race. But that's going to do it for the hit or miss portion of the show. We got it obviously short this week, but that's because – after the break, we're gonna be doing our NASCAR driver pick'em. Um, we gotta do our results from Richmond and make our picks for this week at Martinsville, and then we'll be diving into our NASCAR driver stock game. So stick around. All right, Keith. So NASCAR pick'em. Uh, if we look back at Richmond, I had Denny Hamlin, you had Christopher Bell. Once again, you beat me. Um Having Bell last week, yeah, would have been really good for you. You would have got the win there. We didn't make picks last week, obviously, because we uh, were not here. But this week, going into Martinsville, you get to pick first. So who do you got this week for Martinsville? Oh,
1: boy. I think I'm going to go with... Man. Man, it's tough. I'm going to go with. All right. I'm going to shoot for the moon here. I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. I figured I was going to get that reaction, but Brad's actually been pretty good this
0: year. He has been. He has been between him Um, and
1: Kevin Harvick and and Joey Logano. They've been carrying the Fords and I feel comfortable with Brad. He's good at Martinsville.
0: All right. Well, I am going to be going with William Byron. So, um, yeah, well, you might've finally won this weekend. (laughs) Uh, I hope so. We'll see. I don't know so far, you know, at, at Richmond, I was feeling pretty good there for a minute when Hamlin was running up towards the front. I was like, oh man, nice. I might actually get one. And then of course that all fell through. It's like God. Was it? Dang it, Denny! <laughs> the hell are it, you doing? <laughs> did uh, did Bell wreck him
1: or did Ross? Because I I couldn't figure it out. Because I know Christopher hit him, but Christopher said Ross hit him. So it's like,
0: yeah, the it? whole blaming Ross thing for everything uh, is getting uh, ridiculous, man. It really is, dude. You know, hey, know I, he's taking it like a champ. He well, really you know is. what? And here's the deal, okay? And here's and here's the thing. And I'm gonna tell you right now. I, I don't think there's I don't think there's a driver in NASCAR that I have more respect for right now than Ross Chastain, because it's 100 percent the truth. You have all these drivers who are talking about him and his response is they don't say nothing to me. They walk right past me and they don't say nothing to me. And that's the truth. As one of them was walking behind him, he's like, see, look, there he goes. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. If you're going to run your mouth about somebody, then go talk to them. Don't don't be a punk and run your mouth behind their backs. You know what I'm saying? Like that—that's a—that's a punk move, right? When you're gonna talk about oh Ross Chastain does this and oh Ross Chastain does this, you know? Like Christopher Bell's comments about Ross Chastain—it was like, dude, Ross made a move to the inside that dozens of other drivers have done on those restarts, right? The, we know how crazy the restarts are because it's you—it's one of the only times that you have to pass, and Ross Chastain goes down there was an opening and christopher bell swerved because he like flinched and he's going to blame it on ross chastain right if those roles were reversed i can tell you right now christopher bell wouldn't have been blaming it on christopher bell or you know he wouldn't have been like oh that's my fault he'd have been like hey man i went i shot the gap he's the one that flinched and moved up it's not like ross wrecked into him so that that type of stuff i'm getting tired of it man everybody's using him as a as a scapegoat when a lot of times it's not his fault and it's comparable to to the
1: uh, Ryan Priest Kyle Larson stuff at Bristol. Mm-hmm. It's very comparable. Kyle Larson ran Ryan Priest tight. It pissed Ryan Priest off. I don't blame him. No, I don't I'll either blame him one bit. And I'm a huge Kyle Larson fan. Me too. Not to be biased because I got my ass kicked by him a couple times, but still. But then Ryan Priest did the same thing to him. He ran him tight, and and Kyle wrecked himself. Yep. And. Sometimes that's what you need to do. Yep. But that being said, I have gained a lot of respect for Ross Chastain. Me too. He is taking everything off the chin and I can't wait till he just fires back at him. Yep. It's good for the sport,
0: whether you like it or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So, so yeah. But anyway, like- so our NASCAR pickups, you've got Brad Keselowski. I've got Willie B and hopefully I can actually win one because it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's been a long while. I won week two, and I haven't won anything he, he since. he got a good shot, because Willie be B <laughs> out-won at Martinsville. Or he did win at Martinsville last year, didn't he? Yeah, he did win one of the Martinsville races, if I'm remembering correctly. Damn it. I ain't so, watching the race today. But, all right. So let's do our NASCAR driver stock game. So if you guys remember, I talked about how we wanted to wait the first few weeks because we had – road racing dirt obviously we only do one dirt race we wanted i wanted to do it last week after richmond but we weren't here so the way that this works is is me and keith are each given a thousand this season it's going to be a little bit different we're we're going to each pick four drivers and we're going to assign a percentage of our money to each one of those four drivers, right? So you can pick four drivers and just say 25% for all of them, or you could say, you know, 90% for one guy, 5% for another 3%, 2%, however you want. All right. But it's got to equal 100%. And then based on what their price is, it will determine how many shares. And then we look at this in a few weeks, how much money we've either made or lost. And then we'll just redo our portfolio. Um the way that I calculated it this year to come up with the value for each driver is a little bit different. So what I did was is I took their um the points that they have earned this season. All right. So we'll use the points leader right now Christopher Bell. Christopher Bell has earned 281 points. We do a factor of 100, so we're going to divide their points by 100. Then for every win they get 75 cents for every top five, they get 50 cents. And for every top 10, they get 25 cents. And this gives us a price for that driver. So for example, Christopher bell right now is at $6 and 81 cents a share. Okay. Now you have to not only pick a driver that you think is going to increase in value, but you're looking for big gains, right? It's we're doing this just like the stock market. So it's one thing to go out and pick Apple. Okay. They're already ridiculously priced. What you want to do is you want to find the next Apple, right? The next big thing that's going to skyrocket and make you a bunch of money. So that's what we do here with the NASCAR driver stock game. So Keith, Keith, I will let you go first. You got to pick four drivers, and then you need to assign a percentage to each one of those drivers. So who do you want? I'm going to lead this off
1: with Alex Bowman for 25%. All right, Alex Bowman. I'm going to make it easy. I'm just 25% on all of them. Okay. See, now this is where it gets freaking tough because... I think last year I picked like all the top guys that were in the points. And I'm not going to do that this year. I'm going to look at guys that I think have an outside chance. So coming in second, I'm going to do 25% Ty Gibbs.
2: All right.
0: And Ty Gibbs' current share price Is. Gotta be low.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it is low.
0: Why can't I find him on here?
2: Uh, Why is he not on here? I know, I calculated him. I saw it. Where did he go? What happened on my table here? God dang it! So Ty Gibbs is. I'll calculate it out here. He's like a, he's like two something a share. Yeah, he's like two something a share. Oh, dang it! That's what happened.
0: It calcu- it copied Ty Dillon twice. Okay, so I gotta I gotta run the numbers real quick on him. But anyways, so yeah, he's like two something to share. Because he's got 174 points, and then he's got um Ty Gibbs has got no top fives, four, four top tens, and no wins. So
1: There's gonna be some people that listen to this, and they're gonna motherfuck me because I picked Ty Gibbs. <laughs> I, I already know it.
0: That's okay.
1: I, I mean, I'll take it off the chin like Ross Chastain. Yep. So yeah, Ty so Gibbs he's, is he's two
0: seventy four a share. That's what he is.
1: So this, my third one, I'm I'm swinging for the fences. It, it it's a home run swing. I, I feel it coming. <laughs> Corey Lejoy for twenty five.
0: Ooh, that's a nice one. I like that one.
1: There's something about that seventeen dude that I just there's something about it I like. Yeah, granted, he's got one top ten, but
0: there's something there. They've been running consistently in the top fifteen. remember you you know you earn points out top, out you know wins and top fives and top tens are bonuses. but if even if you have somebody who consistently earns points, they're gonna you know the price I mean, is gonna be going up on them.
1: Well, we talk about Kevin Harvick carrying SHR. Man, yeah. Corey LaJoy's carrying Spire because Ty Dillon ain't doing a damn thing.
0: No, Mm-mm. no, not at all. You the know,
1: 77 think... looks like the seven from three, four years ago.
0: Yes. Yeah. Ty Dillon right now, if you look at it in comparison, Ty Dillon is at 53 yeah. cents a share and Corey LaJoy is at $2.37. That's a, like a 400% increase. So yeah, you're doing much better. So this
1: last one, I'm I'm shooting with a cannon, and it's gonna raise some eyebrows. <laughs> it really is. I'm going with Justin Haley. Okay. I actually, scratch that. I'm not going with Justin Haley. Okay. Going with his teammate AJ Almendinger, because I I'm a firm believer. One of these cars from Colleague is going to turn the corner eventually, and I think it's going to be AJ before Justin, just because AJ's a veteran and he's a fucking badass. So, <laughs> yeah, he is. I just think it's going to take it take a little bit of time on the ovals for him to get used to the next gen car.
3: Hmm.
2: I do. I think he'll. I think he'll get there. Obviously,
1: the road course stuff is. Going to be, you know. I mean, yeah, he's going to, he's always going to be there. I mean, you can't count him out. No, uh-uh, you, I mean, can't. you really can't. Even if he's got a leg cut off, I'd still take him over everybody. Yes. Or most.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm definitely with you on that.
1: All right. So you've got your. I was gonna pick Cody Ware, but I don't have the phone number to the jail that he's in. <laughs> I, I had to get that shot in there. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> I mean
0: come on, man. So, all right. My picks. I'm kinda glad you didn't you didn't pick this guy. Which I don't think you would anyways, but Chase Elliott. Yep, I'm gonna pick Chase <laughs> I Elliott.
1: Knew I knew it.
0: Well, dude, he's coming back. He his he's cost cheap. right now his cost right now is as cheap as it's gonna get. It's a dollar twenty four. So I'm I'm gonna be loading up on Chase Elliott. I'm he's getting fifty percent of my of my shares.
1: <laughs> let me ask you a serious question. Do you think Chase Elliott's a hundred percent?
0: Oof. You know do you, or do you think he's close to eighty? I would think that he is I I was kind of shocked that he was coming back for Martinsville.
1: Yeah, I was too. And just because
0: when you talk about a broken leg, right, at a track like Martinsville. That needed
1: emergency surgery.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean? When you're talking about being on and off the gas like that, breaking as much as you have to at Martinsville, that just, I was shocked by that. So for him to come back at Martinsville, I would have to think he's at least 75% that it's going to have to be more of a pain tolerance thing as opposed to a can re-injure it situation. So let me ask
1: you this. I think Josh Berry is on the pit box Sunday.
0: I do think that that is possible, that Josh Berry is going to be there as a backup driver, I, and if Chase can't finish the race, Berry will jump in. I do think I, that is possible.
1: I, and, and this is just me shooting from the hip. I've not heard this anywhere else. I think you see Josh Berry on the pit box for the next three to four races.
0: I think so too, because I think that would just be surgery. dumb not to do.
1: Yeah. This was a serious surgery, like yes. a very serious surgery.
0: Yes. And and I
1: was blown away when they said he was back.
0: Yeah. So I, I was shocked by that too. Um, I'm not expecting him to, to do anything great this week, but you know um, yeah, I just, yeah, when you've considered the injury, it's pretty incredible that he's coming back. So hopefully this won't bite me in the ass. Um my, I mean,
1: I, just because of who you
0: pick, but I uh, know, I know, I know what you're what not you're, you're not a you Chase know. Elliott <laughs> fan. Um
2: my next pick
0: is going to be where is he? Ryan Blaney um, Blaney like it. is $3 and 36, 36 cents a share right now. He should be higher. He's had a couple of really good runs destroyed. Um, whether it be mistakes on pit road or, you know, getting wrecked by chase Briscoe. Briscoe's two for two my, at Bristol dirt. Man, <laughs> I, I blame
1: the dirtle. I blame the dirtle. And I said, just me being biased because he yeah. is and a guy, yep. and we raced a lot together. Yep.
0: but I turtle. was I was like, damn, damn, that I sucks. Felt bad
1: for Blaney, too, because he was on the front row, and but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I get it, I get, I get the aspect of what Chase Briscoe was trying to do.
0: Oh, me too, one hundred percent.
1: Just poor execution. I, yes, I put my head down real quick, and I was like, you got to be shitting me.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Ryan Blaney. He's going to get like- 25% of the remaining you know, shares.
1: It's hard to be biased against Ryan Blaney just because his dad was a badass.
0: Yeah, and I just really like Ryan Blaney. I, I don't know. I, there's just something about the dude I really like. like. I. He seems like the type of person I could literally sit down and have a beer with. Not that he would want to have one with me, but I would definitely have one with him.
1: He'd definitely would be somebody I'd want to party with. Yeah, yeah. Like- Not even kidding. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: So, all right. My next driver I'm going to pick is Martin Truex Jr. I think things have just got to get better for Truex. um, I'm going to give him, I have 25% remaining. I'm going to give him 15% of that. And then I've got one driver left. And that is going to be Danny Hamlin. And he will get the remaining 10% of my portfolio. So, I've got Chase Elliott with 50%, Ryan Blaney with 25%, Martin Trick Jr. with 15%, and Denny Hamlin with 10%. You've got all of them get 25%. You've got Alex Bowman, Ty Gibbs, Corey LaJoy, and AJ Allmendinger. So,
1: everyone laughing like, Keith, what in the fuck are you
0: doing? Oh, dude. I'm sure they're saying that about mine too. So, <laughs>
1: the ceiling. I think I, I, the guys that I picked don't, I don't think they reached their ceiling this season. No, definitely not. Like, Alex Bowman's probably been the most consistent this season than he, he has the other season. Like it, it's mind blowing how consistent he has been.
0: Yes. And when you are, when you, when you run that consistent, the wins will come 100%. And I, and
1: I think they're coming for
0: a yes. while. Yep. So, all right. So that's going to do it for our 2023 Q1 NASCAR driver stock selections and to wrap up today's show we have got a ask three wide now you can email the show and ask us a question if you want it can be on anything um, that you want to make it on it doesn't really matter we don't really care or it could be like today's topic which is about NASCAR we've been heavily talking about this and um, the reason why This topic fits in so well. Uh, We actually got this email last week, but we weren't here. And the reason I wanted to read it today was because of everything that we've been talking about, which has been about the money and the media and all that stuff like that. But from Frank, he says, Tommy Keith, love the show. I got a question for you. Do you think NASCAR should implement a cost cap like they've done in F1? Thank you. So, this, me and Keith were talking about this before the show, and um, it we had to stop ourselves because we would have had a forty-five minute conversation about it. Um, yeah, because this we, is, we'd
1: still be talking about it. Yeah,
0: it, because this is um, this is an interesting way to look at it. You know, you could make the argument, right? If we go back in time a few years, when you looked at where NASCAR was with the Gen 6 car right and these teams spending you know the the high level teams the top teams you're talking Gibbs or Hendrick or you know even Stewart-Haas Roush or RFK whatever the hell it's called Childress right these top teams where they're spending insane amounts of money on these cars right these parts for you know to to gain a few tenths of a second right and it can really explode the cost of a race car and so if you looked at it back then right nascar went this next gen cup car route where they made the cars much more cookie cutter they did bring in brand identity to them which is a good thing but this was the way that they were going to control the cost was the next gen car um, you could make the argument, though, that they could have brought in a cost cap and said, hey, look, here's the deal. You guys can't spend more than X amount of money. Now, if we put to the side, right, the the all of the stuff that's going to come up in terms of enforcing that, right? Now, they do this in F1. There is cost caps in F1 now, which if you look at what F1 did, right? The way that they did it is F1 has kind of adopted this NFL model for their racing, which is, hey, look, you're going to have a cost cap. You cannot spend more than X amount of money. Not only that, but the teams, right, based on where you're running in the constructors, the bottom teams are going to get more wind tunnel time. They're going to get more more CAD time, right, More, more simulator stuff. The top teams are going to get less wind tunnel time and less cad time. So just like you would do in the NFL, right, with the the draft, right, the the worst teams are going to get to draft first. The best teams have to draft towards the end. And this is going to be how we create this parity in our league. Now, obviously, racing is very different than the NFL, but it's the same type of principle, right, where the lower teams are going to be kind of raised up and the top teams are going to be kind of They're going to try to hold them down. So could you do that in NASCAR? You could, right? You absolutely could. Now, when it comes to monitoring the budgets, right? This is where you've got to have people in place. Everything has to become an open book because you have to have a third party who's monitoring this stuff. You know what I mean? You you just have to, if there's going to be a cap. Now, other sports leagues obviously do this and if you look at the charter system right if if the charter system were to stay in place i think that this is a route that you could go meaning that hey these charters are now going to become franchises just like you have in the NFL or the NBA or major league baseball and associated with that franchise is a cost cap you cannot spend more than x amount of money right and you could do, you could look at it in terms of total whether you're talking about the personnel, the drivers, the implement, you know, the improvements you make to the car, all that stuff. Or if you want to break it off into different sections, there's a bunch of different ways that you could do it. Right. But that is a route that they could go. For me personally, if they were going to do that, I would like to see them go back to building their own cars because I don't know how much a cost cap is going to help with the next gen car. You know what I mean? I would if you're gonna implement a cost cap, I would wanna see it to where the teams were building the cars again. Um, you know, obviously you would have to look at, you know, costs for certain things, right? There would have to be something in place because you can't have a team going, Oh, hey, we built this new body and it only cost us seven dollars. No, no, sorry, it costs way more than that. You know what I mean? Like you you can't have any, and obviously that's an exaggeration, but you can't have that type of chicanery going on. You have to have something in place that would monitor that. But Keith, you brought up an interesting point. I'll let you take over from here where if you're going to have a cost cap, you have to have a cost minimum where these teams have to spend a minimum amount of money.
1: Yeah. And and, and like I was saying before we went live, if they're going to, If this was to happen, then there would have to be a way to get Rick Ware to spend some money, Uh, live fast to spend some money because, let's face it, if there was to come a time where they could lose their charters, this year is the year Mm -hmm. because they are the least competitive of all of them. I just... It's frustrating to a point, and and then there's... There's not a right way and there's not a wrong way. Um but yeah, they they would NASCAR would have to force their hand on spending money to be competitive. If not yes. just give charter up. Because yep. I I don't see I don't see the value in either team just traveling across the country to run around 4 seconds off the lead on lap 2. Yeah. I don't get it.
0: No, you're right. You would have to. You would have to force teams to invest. You know, if you look at the like NFL the or, or NBA, right, they have to spend a, a a minimum percentage of the cap. I want to say it's like 80 yeah. percent or 85 percent or something like that.
1: They, they they gotta have like 80 85, yes to 90 spent before a certain date. Mm-hmm. Now, and here's here's another thing. Like I was saying off air too. If it if it's gonna be the TV deal and them getting money or whatever, it's got to be like Major League Baseball. Your your highest teams are gonna get the most, and your lowest teams are gonna get the least. Yeah, like a small market and, and a big market. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that would just the more and more I thought about it, that would just put Rick Ware and them guys in an even smaller
0: box. It would, um, but. They put themselves in that box. Yeah. And look, this is what happens, you know, if you look at F1, right? This is, you know, what happens as well, where, you know, the teams who perform towards the back, eventually you end up kind of stuck back there. Now, with this whole cost cap thing and what they've done, we've actually seen some of these bottom teams improve, right? If you look at Williams or Alfa Romeo, these teams that were just perennial Anchors on the field, they've actually improved some. Now, they're not winning races, but you can see that there is a path for them to reach that point. It's not going to happen overnight, but it can happen. And I think that would be, if you're looking at it from a NASCAR standpoint, that could be a benefit, right? Because racing costs are insane. Think about Front Row. They won the championship and then went away. Yes.
3: Think about that. No, That can't can't.
0: happen. That should
1: never happen. Yep. It should never happen. Um, Piggybacking off what you were saying about those F1 teams going from bad to semi-good.
3: Yeah.
1: That would be huge for Rick Ware. It it would be a win for them to run 22nd, 23rd.
0: Oh yeah, top 25, top 20, that'd
1: be huge. But they have to put the initiative to do it. But here here's another problem, like Live Fast. From my understanding, most of their employees are volunteer. Yeah, that's like I, I don't understand how you can be a professional race team within NASCAR and have a team like that. Yeah, that's like, tough. That, That's not good business in my eyes.
0: No, that's so not a successful
1: would, business model. Why would NASCAR invest into them? You know what I mean? Yep. When they know that if they were to give them money, like, Hey, you got to spend this amount, are they really going to spend it on the team? Yeah. Are they going to spend it or are they going to go all on vacation? Because yeah. in my eyes right now, BJ McLeod's on vacation.
0: Yeah. And that would be you the just, thing, you know, it would be, you would have to have some kind of implementation to make sure that, that a, a minimum amount of money went to the actual performance to- of the team and car. It would have to be public, like the NFL salary cap.
1: You can go in, spot track, and see what each team has and what they're spending and where they're spending it at. Yes. That would have to be a model for NASCAR to use. So that yeah. way you could see, oh, they're spending X amount into the engine program or aerodynamic program, whether they have them anymore. Um, and in B.J. McLeod and Rick Ware in my eyes, I could see them. Let, let's upgrade engines because I'm sure they're using hammy downs.
0: Yeah, and I actually think if you did something like that, I think that would actually help grow the sport because believe it or not, one of the reasons why the NFL is so successful is because the off season is such a big deal, right? Think about that. You you have people who watch players get drafted. You know, the whole thing is built on hope to where if your team was not good last last year, in the NFL, when you get to the off season, you spend that whole off season as a fan with the hope that your team can turn it around in a year, right? They might not go from, you know, number one draft pick I mean. <laughs> to, yeah, you, but they might not go from number one draft pick to super bowl in one season, but you can go from, you know, five and Mediocre 11 to competitive to, to nine and yeah. eight, right? Yes. 10 and six. That is a very real possibility. And, and so and if do, you had something like that NASCAR, I think it would open the door for that.
1: And I think what would bridge the gap, and this is probably, I'm going to catch a bunch of shit for saying this, and, and I don't care now. What if they went to a spec engine like the truck series to help alleviate some of the cost for the little teams? Like, hey, here, here's your engines for the season. I don't know how many the trucks get, but they got a... Run them for so many races before they put a new one in. Now, yeah, that would also kind of hurt the big teams because most of them build their own stuff. But yeah. it would also help those backmarkers, those guys that we laugh at every weekend. And and let's face it, front row was there three, four years ago. Now look at them. Mm-hmm. Are are they are they championship contenders by any means? No, no, yeah. they're not. But when yep. Michael McDowell can show up and run it within the top 10, top 15 every week, it's possible. Yep, I have faith that they can do it. They have to do it. We've seen Rick Ware run really good in the IndyCar series. Why in the hell can't he do it in the Cup series? Yep. There, there comes a point in time where it's either, A, Cody Ware just isn't good, or B, this, this stuff actually isn't good.
0: Yeah. Yep. I'm with you, so... So yeah, it definitely an interesting topic, man. Um I mean it, it could
1: just go both ways.
0: I mean yeah, there's it could. argument for
1: each side and there's no right or wrong answer.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And it it you know, to to tie this into what we were talking about at the beginning of the show in the open today, um, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be rethought. You know, everybody is keeps talking about this this potential revenue split and what's gonna happen, but the The business model, you cannot be dependent upon sponsors the way that you used to be with everything that can be done. You know, I can go out right now and I can create an ad campaign that will be 10 times more successful than putting your sponsor on a cup car at a racetrack. And I can do it for a fraction of the price. You know what I mean? And I can do it from my house on my computer so the the whole model needs to be rethought now look i'm not smart enough to tell you what it should be because obviously i don't know i'm just some idiot behind a microphone but it it needs to be rethought there are much more intelligent people you know in the business who can look at this stuff and and bring this type of stuff you know to the forefront i mean 2311 is a great example when you look at Not only, you know, Denny and Michael, but you look at the people that they've brought in from these other avenues who can think like this outside the box and look at things from a different perspective. I think we need more of that because if the sport's going to not only survive, but thrive, some of this stuff's going to have to change. And it's going to be really interesting to see how it changes moving forward.
1: And I think the biggest asset for 2311 that's not being talked about is their iRacing program. Not only the iRacing program, But keeping Kurt Busch a part of the team,
0: yeah, yep.
1: I would love to see more teams do that.
0: Yeah, I think the, I think that's a big untapped market for NASCAR in general. You know, one of the ways that you could help grow the sport with the younger audience base would be to tie it more to the esports world, the gaming world. Um, you know, that's what kids do nowadays. You know, my son has become a fan of certain sports because he played those video games, right? He played MLB, he played NHL hockey, right? Like he played the games, loved them and was like, I want to play this in real life. You know, that's that's how he became fans of it. So it can happen with anything. And when you can make that connection and get people to invest in it, even if it's on the most basic level of a video game, it can absolutely help the sport. So yeah, you're right about that, man. It 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 makes a difference. We've already seen it make a difference. It's been huge, and you know, like I said, they're gonna have to really start looking at a lot of this stuff because um, there's gonna have to be some big changes made because they cannot continue using the same model um, because all, all you're doing there is just prolonging the inevitable, and I don't want to see that, and most people don't either. You know, so there's a way to there's a way to implement change without abandoning your base you know there there is nascar failed at it in the early 2000s but they've got another shot at it now hopefully they can do it right this time all right so that's going to do it for this week's episode please download, like, share, subscribe, give it out to your friends, your family, hell, give it to the people you don't even like. Just say, Hey man, listen to these two guys. See what you think. Who cares? Just get it out there. Uh, the show continues to grow. Like we talked about before it's, uh, it's growing, uh, slow and steady, but Hey, that's better than not at all. So thank you guys very much for that. We really appreciate it. So yeah, download, like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. And we will be back next week to do this all over again. So Keith, my man, have a good weekend. I
1: would try to, and all the listeners out there, if you go to your local dirt track and spring car racers, there, go thank them, go yeah. shake their hand. Yep, they they need some love.
0: Yes, they do. So, but yeah, you have a good weekend too. I will. I'm working all weekend, so I'll try to have it's as good a weekend nice as I here can. In
1: Indiana, it it rained. I felt like for a week, week and a half.
0: <laughs> it, no. it's finally nice out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday I was sweating. I was dying. It was only like 78, but like I said, last week it was like 50. So I was dying yesterday, changing windshields. I was like, oh my God, dude, this summer's going to suck. Oh dude. (laughs) Uh, I'm not looking forward to it. So almost there. Yep. Yep. yep, It's right around the corner. So, but thank you very much as always, everyone out there, have a great weekend and until next week, take care.